All right. It, if somebody attacks you with a knife, what do you think you'd do? Shoot them. Okay. What if they have you cornered in a garage at gunpoint? What would you do? Shoot them. But if, if, if someone comes after you with a machete from behind in the dark, what would you do? Shoot them. <laughs> Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. Podcast. We're dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now, let's join our hosts, Brian and Jada. All right, so today we're going to talk about self-defense tools uh, like the gun. I agree that the gun is, without a doubt, the best self-defense tool. But we have to remember that it's still a tool. So there's that quote that says, you are the weapon and the gun is the tool. Okay. And lots of people quote that. Lots of people post these pictures and memes and stuff out there with that in there. But everyone still acts like that's not the case. They say that, but then they don't really live like that or act like that. Yeah, it's it's one of the number one excuses for not getting any kind of other training. It's like, oh, yes. well, I have a gun. Yes. So. Now, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. We will probably address the gun more than anything else. Now, self-defense tools, when we're thinking about it, we are looking at guns, knives, tactical pins, uh, shout out Atomic Bear, flashlights, pepper spray, uh, anything batons, whatever, anything that you might carry on yourself that would be a self-defense tool. The reason we're gonna kind of lean into more the gun is just being honest. It's the one weapon, the one tool that people tend to rely on fully, okay? If, if they carry a knife, I think more people that carry a knife that just carry a knife for self-defense will at least try to get a little bit of training. So as a as a female and like having female friends my age, whenever I talk to them about self-defense, it's like, oh, well, I have a knife on me like pretty much 100% of the time and I have pepper spray in my purse. I was like, oh, really? Can you show me? And every single time they sit there and they fidget, they're trying to get their knife out of their pocket. Then they like are really careful opening it. It's like super dainty. Like, I don't want to cut my nails. And then they'll like hold it up and show me and then they'll close it really nicely and hand it to me. And then you look at their pepper spray and they're sitting there trying to get it out of their fancy little carrying case, you know, with the bejeweled everything. And over here, like, these are great self-defense tools carried the complete wrong way. Not gonna be able to get to them. Yeah, and it may have been a podcast we were doing this in. It may have been a video. I can't remember. They all blend together at this point in time. But when you're when you carry a knife for self defense, it cannot be just any knife. It you need to be able to pull it out and get it out quickly. So if I am here, I can lean over and I'm out, and it's it's there. And you know, I'm getting, you know, my and once I get my hand to it, I can pop this one out. Okay, this one is made by Fox Knives. Uh, it is absolutely, without a doubt, my favorite uh, self-defense knife. There are others out designed there Designed like specifically for self-defense. That's because it is designed specifically for self-defense. And there are some other ones that are really, really good at different price points. This one, yeah, if you guys are interested in it, I will actually put a link in the description of the podcast. 
and the video, everything. It is, it is really, really good. I like it because it actually, you can get to it. You can actually get it out in a serious situation. You do need to practice with it like everything else, but you need to actually be able to get it out. Same thing, if you're gonna carry pepper spray, you need to make sure that you are carrying it in such a way that you can deploy it quickly. It, none Everyone's of like, need... I don't wanna accidentally set it off. So they carry it in these cases that are designed to keep it from accidentally going off, but it can keep you from being able to get to it and use it when you need to. Yeah, well, even the ones that like, if you have to flip a switch to turn it on, to kind of make it active, I'm okay with that, as long as you can get it out fast enough. I like the one where you stick your thumb, like the, the button is trapped by a little thing, you have to stick your thumb in to be able to get those to it. That is brand. I really like those. That well. is that is absolutely phenomenal. That is my favorite design for that, because it's just, you've got to stick, just slides yeah, you've got to stick your thumb in. If you press on the top, it's not going to do anything, you've got to slide your thumb in, and it's really quick access, so. Or like even, like the ones we sell in our, in, in our store, online and in here, it has a quick release from a keychain so it's connected to the keychain you can have it anywhere and you just if you grab it and pull really fast it's going to like pop off of the keychain that one actually has like a switch you have to slide over to use but the fact of the matter is you can get it out really really fast and hold it up there and face and it's just really as fast. simple as pushing your thumb and pressing down yeah. so it doesn't take long either it's just that which i say that but they're not going to be able to see that on the podcast but it's That's just true. sliding your thumb forward and pressing down like quarter turn or so yeah it's not it's not hard no but the, the main um, thing with both of those things i think a knife and pepper spray is getting it out very very quickly having it where you can pull it out very very quickly and the same thing goes with a gun if you're going to conceal carry now i i say all this i'm not trying to put this down i am a pistol instructor i'm a rifle instructor and at the first of the year we will be offering concealed carry permit classes here you know, these are things that I strongly believe in. I think people are just too reliant on it. That's that's the one thing. We can't always rely on a tool. I mean, if you think about people who are even trained with how to point and shoot really well, first of all, it's different when you're under pressure. Second, they don't think about how much time it actually takes to pull out their weapon in that time and how close self-defense situations usually are. We were talking about, you were talking about in your blog, about most uh, situations happen within 20 feet, but it usually takes 21 feet to be able to pull out yep. your weapon, point, and shoot. And now you, you Without think- specific training to actually cut that down. Yes. That is the average. People say 21 feet, but that just seems so, like so far away. Why would, every time we, we do these seminars and we usually start them off and, and try to bust a few ideas that people have about their self-defense because people think, oh, I can pull that knife out and you know, do something, or I can pull, if I'm carrying a gun, I can pull a gun out. Yeah, and so instead people, of just telling people, you show them with the little... Yes, uh -huh. and that, that really is great because people didn't realize, because most of the time there, we start at 20 feet, or well, we ask people what they think. And some people's like, ah, 10 feet away, you can get a gun out and shoot somebody. I don't run, I mean, you've seen them, you're there, you're helping with them. I don't run at people, I start walking to people and I start talking to them. And I'm put, just putting a little bit of pressure on there. At 10 feet, nobody has hope of getting their gun out. At 20 feet and 21 feet, we, some, we have some people that are able to do it 
and some people that are not. And a lot of that's going to boil down to had they had some training in the past on this stuff. And the way those scenarios work, what we're talking about is in our seminars, whenever we're teaching about any of this, even in our basic seminars for people who um, conceal carry or in our women's self-defense ones, because there are a lot of women that conceal carry for self mm-hmm. uh, self-defense. And so the first thing we do is burst that little bubble, make sure that everybody understands just how it works and how much they can rely on that and so why we're teaching them this. But how it works is you pull someone up, you give them a weapon, you ask them how they carry it, if the if they carry it chambered, if the safety is on, you know, all of these questions, and then you have them carry it the way they would normally carry. Yeah. Where they would carry and how they would carry it. Well, then you ask everybody about how far away you think that they should be or that you would have to be for them to get to it and most of the time it's oh well they would have to be at least 10 feet away right and so people think that they're being generous with the 10 feet and you're like okay 10 feet and you start 10 feet away and you just start walking it really is just him walking and talking to them and they can't get it out they're still fumbling with it they barely got their hand on the handle of the gun when you're already at them and over top of them and then you start saying all right pull the gun out yeah. All right. And that's how that situation works. And it never ends how people think it will. No. No. Usually, that our, when we do those types of things, the first 30 minutes to an hour where we're kind of doing some of that stuff, it, people always say that's the most eye-opening thing to them as far as what real self-defense is actually like. And I hate to say this because I'm pointing someone out, but the fact of the matter is this person will probably never listen to this podcast. Uh, one, of the, one of the pictures that we had posted up... Um, was talking about not letting yourself be isolated. And in the image, it has a guy holding a gun on someone. And somebody made the comment, and this just really got to me because I was like, you know, I don't, I don't understand. You're not thinking this through. But somebody made the comment that, oh, let them isolate me. You know, that the gun I carry, uh, I'll get the drop on them or something. Okay. If someone is standing there with a gun on you, and you try to pull your gun out, you will be shot and most likely killed. And we've seen examples of this, and I really hate this, but there was, I've seen multiple videos of this. Um, In one situation, a guy pulled a gun out that we was hiding and shoot somebody. Then someone about 10 to 15 feet away from him reaches back to pull his concealed carry out and the attacker noticed, swung the gun around, and shot him as well. That guy That's died. the reason the gun wasn't even on him yet. It was after the person holding the gun and shooting someone else already noticed. Yep. And that guy died for no good reason. And I really hate to say that in this situation. Someone else with a concealed carry permit actually ended up pulling their gun and shooting this guy. But you have to be, this kind of goes back to the fact that you cannot just think, oh, I've got a gun on my hip or in, you know, in, in, you know, I got a concealed carry and I'm going to grab that gun and I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to shoot somebody and, you know, it's all going to be over because we have to think smart in this type of situation. In that situation, the guy pulls up a gun, shoots the guy. The other guy who is not the intended target draws attention to himself, 
by reaching back, getting his gun to pull it out and gets it like halfway around where the guy shoots him. He had no chance of actually being able to pull off that shot. He would have been actually much, much better off because of how the distance he was between him and that guy. He would have been much better off while that guy was distracted to rush him because you can close 10 feet really quickly. Again, we go back to that 21 foot rule. You can close 10 feet so much faster than anybody can draw a gun for sure. And in that case, his chances would have been a whole lot better if he had rushed him and grabbed the gun. It was a long gun. Those are a lot easier to control where they're aiming. So if he had rushed him and grabbed a hold of the gun and then somebody else would have jumped in there because this was kind of an active shooter situation. And this isn't something that we're just making up. This is stuff that we've really tested with scenario drills. This was, oh, oh, oh yeah, I got you. No, because what you're saying that you would suggest they do, that's part of what we teach, like church security teams. Yeah. And all because, unfortunately, the concealed carry, um, trying to get to it and then getting shot is really common in security teams. It is. And that was, that was actually a situation from, a, you know, that was actually a situation like that. But when we teach active shooter scenarios and we teach active shooter seminars and we teach church security teams, we always say that you have a better chance to rush and grab the gun. And we practice this with people who already know what the other people's yeah. tactics are. So we have someone come in with a fake rifle and point and shoot and they'll simulate. There is a major difference in the number of casualties or well, casualties whenever you see people rush in and work together to take down an attacker instead. Even with people who know what you're about to do. So like our teachers and things, they know what the people are about to do. And so they're more prepared than the real active shooter would be. Yeah, and see a lot of it's gonna depend, on, there's a lot of things. And that's kind of what we go over in, the, in our active shooter course. There's a lot of things that you kind of have to understand in that situation. When is it better to pull out a gun? When is it better to rush them? And a lot of that's going to depend on distance. If we are within probably 20 feet, well, let's just, let's go, let's, let's make it easy. And we say, if you're 10 feet away, you never, ever need to pull a gun out. You're really within 20 feet. You really don't need to try to pull a gun out because they will shoot you before you get a chance to do that. You need to either find cover, and the difference between cover and concealment is concealment's when they can't see you. Cover is when the bullet will not go through what you are behind. So you find cover, then draw, or you rush and take control of the person and the weapon as best you can. Uh, in a situation like that, you know, it would be better to rush, grab a hold of the weapon, make sure it's pointed in a safe direction, yell for help from other people. And, you know, you're in an active shooter situation like this. We didn't necessarily start the podcast to talk about active shooter, but if, if I'm going in and I'm grabbing and I'm doing that, then you start yelling for help and other people run in and start grabbing the person. Um, but the goal is first, grab that gun, get it pointed in a safe direction. Because okay. as long as the barrel isn't pointed at you or someone else, they're fine. Yes. That's the great thing about dealing with guns instead of something like a knife. Because just so long as the barrel is not pointed at you, the bullet's not going to go through you. Yeah. Going back to what you were saying earlier, I think this is, no, I think that the statistic is actually like 96%. 96% of all attacks happen inside of 20 feet. That is 
that we're talking about this, not military. Obviously, military is going to be different. Oh, yeah, because we have some of those comments like, well, that's <laughs> not what my trip to Afghanistan said. <laughs> and we're just like, we're not talking about your trip to Afghanistan. We're yeah. talking about your trip to Walmart. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sir, thank you for your service, but this is not relevant to our conversation. Yeah, we're, I mean, <laughs> I am not. I train with guys who train military. I I have trained some military, but the what I train people in is hand-to-hand and close-in firearms. We don't start, we don't train for fights that happen at 100 yards because they don't happen at 100 yards. We specialize in civilian and law enforcement type of training. You know, the things that happen up close and personal, okay? Because 96% of altercations happen within 20 feet. We're here to and train normal majority, people. Yeah, and the mass majority of that is at arm's distance. So that means I can reach out and touch you. And that is the majority of things. If, if that is the situation, then I need training to be able to pull a gun out. Because again, we go back to, if I pull a gun out, being that close, I'm going to get shot, stabbed, or they are going to get control of my arm and the gun to keep me from pointing it at the person. It's just, it's reality. And that, that sucks at times, but it's reality. No, it sucks all the time. Yeah, okay, you're right. It sucks all the time. Okay. But yeah, that's what people don't realize is that if you are going to have a self-defense tool, force multiplier, you have got to be a weapon first. You have to know how to at least fend off a situation long enough to get to your tool. Yeah. It's better if you can learn to function without it completely and then add it on because that increases your chances even better. Yeah. And actually, competitive shooters are the best shooters in the world. Just bar none. They are the best shooters in the world. They spend all the time shooting. So you have your competitive shooters and your shooting instructors and you put them in a ser- serious and stressful environment and where somebody is shooting back at them and they're going to hit their target about 50% of the time. You move further into that, let's look at law enforcement. And this is nothing against law enforcement. We are not against law enforcement. We actually feel like that law enforcement needs more training and better training. But law enforcement statistically... If they are in a fight with a gun, they hit on the percentage of about 15% of the time. Now, we move down to your average person that has a concealed carry permit, and the average person with a concealed carry permit will hit the target in a serious situation 2% of the time. These are not stats that I'm making up. These are the actual We see a lot of people with concealed carry permits that, like, they... They only practiced with the gun to be able to get it, and then they never practiced again afterwards. Okay, so a concealed carry permit, the best analogy I've ever heard, a concealed carry permit is like, you know, if, if you took a class and you took one class to get a license, okay? You take that one class, you go get your license, and then you have that in your pocket, but you don't actually drive anywhere, for like seven years. Then all of a sudden one day I look at you because you know you, you work for me. So I look at you and say, hey Jada, do me a favor. I want you to ride like two miles down the road in rush hour traffic, but not here because we live in a small town, in Charlotte, let's say. 
and grab me some uh, food in this really nice new car that I, I don't actually have right now. And <laughs> this really nice new car and be sure not to scratch or do anything. You know, it's, you are, you're in a horrible, horrible situation there. You've actually never drove except to get your license. And then seven years go by and you've never actually drove since then. And all of a sudden you, when you have to do it, it's like the worst possible time. I had someone actually t telling me that, um, they had let someone borrow their long barrel revolver so that they could qualify to get their concealed carry because they didn't really have any experience with a gun before that. And I was like, oh, so you just gave them a really good false sense of confidence. Because first of all, that's not the gun they're carrying. And second, probably not gonna do much shooting afterwards either. Yeah. It's like, so it, I was like, I mean, that was nice of you, but at the same time, people don't realize the actual training that they need. So, yeah, and you realize... if you just shoot to qualify. Okay, let's, let's be honest. In most states, and I'm not familiar with all of the state laws, to what you have to do to get a concealed carry permit. In most states, pretty much most anybody can pass the qualifying. If you will listen a little bit to the instructor, most of the time, uh, you don't get like a tremendous amount of instruction. And, but you go in and you're qualifying at seven yards. It's like you help them qualify this one time so that they can get a gun and be safe forever. No, no. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not that. That's, yeah. that's the equivalent of one of the quick fixes, you know, <laughs> yeah. the quick tips. Yeah. And like, I, it's like until recently, I haven't had much experience with a pistol, which I'm 19 and I don't own a pistol yet yeah. because I can't conceal carry first of all, but I'm starting now, like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to continue. My training is going to continue. This may be the start. I'm not amazing yet. I'm going to work towards it because right now I'm out of a position where I can really carry one for self-defense, but I also already have training in how to take away a gun in, um, I have training in hand-to-hand, -hand. I have training with a weapon. I've trained with my knife more than most people have trained with anything. <laughs> most people don't train at all. Exactly. So. Which, if you spend, that's not saying much. If you spend 10 minutes training, you're probably training more than most people trained. But I have a self-defense tool, the knife I carry, but I train with it. If I'm going to carry something, I'm going to train with it. I haven't trained much with a pistol because up until recently, I mean, I haven't really had any opportunities to. Yeah. Now that I have the opportunity, I'm going in and doing it. But the point of this being, my training is not going to stop whenever I qualify and am finally able to get a concealed carry or whatever certification I want to go to. It's going to continue because I want to be able to continue to do it. Right. And I know I need to be able to continue to do it. I don't want to be that 2%, like, or I don't want to be that 98% that misses. I really want to increase my chances of actually being able to use a weapon effectively, which I've had extensive training with rifle, but you don't exactly carry a rifle around with you on the street most of the time. No, I think those are there for home defense or something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're thinking about self-defense, whatever tool you carry, train with it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the basic thing. Okay, whoa. 
in all honesty, what we are trying to do here, we are trying as best we can to create this kind of movement of people that want to take their personal uh, safety seriously. And we want to increase this because we believe that if more people understand how to deal with and handle a serious situation, then more people are going to be safe and less people will be victims. And we want to create less victims. And the way we create less victims is better training. Mm -hmm. And people that actually take their personal or personal safety seriously. Especially when it comes to self-defense, knowledge is power. Yes. Knowing and training. Yeah, because so much of it, so much of it can be done without ever having to put hands on in a situation. Okay, so if people at least would get at least that much knowledge, then we're already going to have a safer society. Or at least your small area, your small circle will be safer if you at least get the mental training down. Yeah, I'm not, I I don't conceal carry it. I'm not legally old enough. (laughs) Yeah. But I have the knowledge of how guns work and how to defend myself against one even if I don't have one. But what most people will tell me is that you should get a gun anyway and open carry because even if you can't conceal carry, you can at least open carry. There are so many problems with that. I said, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, uh, that, I, that actually makes you a bigger target. Yeah, because you got a situation, you know, when somebody comes in, let's say they're an active shooter, they come in, the first person they shoot is the person they see with a gun on their side. They come into a mall, first person they shoot is the security guard. Yeah. Yep, it's the whoever they view to be the biggest threat. If I have an open carry gun, they know I have a weapon, they know that I could be a threat, they shoot me first. I don't wanna be that person. Also, there's a major problem with uh, people not being aware of their surroundings. And so many people who open carry can get their gun taken away from them before they even realize what's going on. Even police officers, a lot of times will be shot with their own weapon. If some, all you have to do is pull it out of the holster, you know? You don't even have to do that if they can get to you and get your gun out. If you are, if you're going to open carry, then I highly, highly suggest a good retention holster that is going to be harder for someone else to pull your gun out. I'm not a fan of open carry for all the reasons you just said. But I'm saying if you're determined to do it, I even know a police officer that was talking um, someone else who's like 20 because he was talking about open carrying and, you know, all of that. And he was, he had his open carry on him and the police officer was like, no, you just have to be careful with that and starts talking to him about yeah. it. like, because you never know. And he's like really nicely talk, trying to talk the kid out of open carrying. Yeah. And I was just sitting there off to the sidelines, like, oh, this is great. I don't even have to say anything. Because, <laughs> of course, I was cringing on the inside. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, I see it's a big target. <laughs> but the police officer was, you know, really, really calm about it, really nicely uh, telling the kid about some of the dangers. You know, it didn't go anywhere. He was still like, yeah, I'm going to open carry. Because he was signed up, he was signed on with the military. So he has some hand-to-hand training, you know. Open carrying is still dangerous. Yeah. It is. And some people, like, are okay with the risk because it will cut down on a certain amount of targeting. Some people will see it and decide not to target you. 
but those who still decide to target you, it's a whole lot more dangerous a situation than um, the other ones because usually the ones who are going to look at that and decide to walk the other direction are the petty criminals that yeah. weren't really coming for your life anyway. The ones who decide it's worth it are the ones who don't really care much anyway. So they have a whole lot less to lose than you do. All right, if you are looking for types of tools that you can uh, carry that's not a gun, then, you know, we would like to... Which is what I carry right now because that is the safest option for me and it's what I'm most trained in. Yeah. Because it's what I've had the most opportunity to train with thus far. Yep, but one thing you can look at is Atomic Bear has some really, really awesome stuff. And I am, you know, very obviously a big fan because I'm... I'm one of these people that love to see really high quality stuff at a really, really reasonable price range. And they have stuff like their tactical pen, which they make my absolute favorite. I know, this pen. is on my this is on my uh, wish list right here. <laughs> I don't have one yet. I want one so bad. I love this top, their tactical pen because their tactical pen does not look like a um, shotgun, which is what my <laughs> biggest problem is with everybody's tactical pen so many times. Now they have those too, uh, but so many tactical pens I think look like a gun. And you know, I want some, yeah. if I'm going to carry a tactical pen, I want it to not, not look like a Not quite literally. Weapon. They just look like a weapon. They yeah, just, it it's like, like that is not a normal pen. And you know it's not a normal pen. This, this looks like a normal pen. It's really sleek, you know. Yeah, I think and a lot of tactical pens are that, uh, what some people call tactical. Uh, may, yeah, it, and I'm really happy that the weapon part of this is just right there. Yeah. I mean, it's not like hidden doodads and hidden weapons. Yeah, but it's, it's just really strong, really well made. It writes really well, you know, that on, on top of everything else. It I even really well. extra ink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they also have, like, um, they've got a lot of different stuff, but we have, like, the tactical pen. We have the tactical flashlight. I like the tactical flashlight. It's really well made. It's got the serrated ends where you can hit somebody with it if you're holding it like a like a hammer fist or something like that. It also just looks like a flashlight. A really cool flashlight, but a flashlight. It kind of has the tactical flashlight look to it, but you know. Yeah, but no one really looks at this and thinks, oh, weapon. And then my favorite affordable uh, self-defense knife would be the Atomic Bear SWAT knife. Um, it works really well. It's got the thumb post to actually flip out. It's not as expensive as the Fox knife that I carry. Um, and for me, it's not really going to take the place of the Fox Knife unless they, uh, I, th I think I've addressed this, but if they were to do a couple of things or come out with another knife, I would probably make the switch. But for this right now, I'm not. But, you know, it's like 15, 16 bucks. It's hard to beat at 15, 16 bucks. So, and then of course they have that whole little kit of like several of these things together. So, but anyway, we say all that because if you'll go to theatomicbear.com, uh, you can see all their tools, all the different things they have. We're bringing all of this up because if you're looking for affordable self-defense tools, you can go to theatomicbear.com and use the impact, use impact defense as a coupon code to get a discount on whatever you get. So 20% discount. Oh, a 20%. <laughs> That's more than I thought it was. <laughs> but you can get a discount, a 20% discount by doing that. And you can get really good quality self-defense tools for a whole lot less than you would anywhere else. Yeah. And everything they have comes with a lifetime warranty. There, there's really not a better way to um, 
show that something has that much quality because if they no. weren't very sure about their quality, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, they have great self-defense tools and, and kits, right? Mm -hmm. Like just they have a kit that's that has like a tactical pin in it with a fly and tactical flashlight, the SWAT knife, um, some other stuff too. I can't remember. That's probably going to be the next thing I purchase. <laughs> yeah, a little fanatic there. If my wife there. is watching this, I love you, dear. <laughs> but yeah, so. Atomic Bear has some great options if you're looking to get into um, non-firearm self-defense tools. And affordable. Um, just whatever you get, train with it. Please, yes, that, we are kind of begging thing. you. We're begging you, okay? Just because you carry a self-defense tool does not make you automatically safe. So, it makes you a little bit more likely, but not a whole lot if you're not trained. Yeah. Very, very little... Do people who are not actually trained with their tools able to pull off anything with them? So as we wrap up, we just want to say, please, please, please take your personal safety seriously. Spend some time. Be a part of the movement, you know? Yeah. Of people who actually can defend themselves and share that knowledge with other people. Yeah, that's our goal. We want to get this information out there as much as possible. Um, you know, along the way... You guys, at, like I said, you, you visit Atomic Bear, uh, you, you make a purchase there, make a purchase through any of our uh, Amazon links. All of that goes back into helping us spread the message and what we're doing um, because our goal, like I said, is just to create a safer society. And it helps, it helps us know that we're actually doing something, you know? Well, that too. It's always nice to know that people are actually taking you seriously because this is something that it's... There are other things that it doesn't matter. Like, if they don't take our personal taste in music seriously, it's not something. But this is... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is something that really matters. So please, in this situation that really matters, take us seriously, take your personal safety seriously, and do something about it. Agreed. All right, guys. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefensenc.com. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.